Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Well, good morning. That is the trailer for the new upcoming series called Unstoppable Joy, and there are cards on your seats today. Uh, we'd love for you to take and invite someone, and hopefully after today's message, those cards will disappear uh, wholesale as we talk about wrapping up our Shaped for a Purpose series. And this morning, I want to start this way. That God knows exactly how he has made you. And even more than that, he knows who you have become and who you're becoming. Today we're wrapping up our series, Shaped for a Purpose. If you just joined us uh, in the room or online, it, in a, it, the, it is an acrostic for spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. And today, I am here to talk to you about experiences. And all of us have had them. The definition of experience is this, an event or occurrence that leaves an impression on someone. The moment we are born, we begin the process of accumulating experiences, both positive and negative. And these experiences begin shaping and forming us, our likes, our dislikes, our character, our ethics, our worldview. Yes, experiences are important. When God takes your spiritual gifts and the passion of your heart mixing that with your abilities and your personality and the experiences of your life. It is at that point when he brings them all together that you and I can sense that we have been uniquely created for a purpose. It doesn't matter who you are, what has happened to you, what you've been through, or what you're going through. You have been designed for God's distinct purpose for your life. Now, just a note of caution here that experiences are different than experiential or feeling moments. And since we know that experiences can be both good and bad, let's begin with Scripture. We'll start to talk about God's natural inclination toward us. So we are in Romans 8, chapter 8 at verse 28, and let me read for us. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Take a look at the words. Let me ask this question. Do you love God? <laughs> okay. Woo! Yes, we love God. So if you love God, then you know. Then you know, not just you think maybe. Uh, no, you know God is for you. He's just not for you in only a few areas or his favorite areas. It says, no, it says all things. You know God is for you in all things. So as a believer who loves God, you know he's for you. Well, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 
God says this to us. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all, his, in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. God is teaching us something. Within that scripture, he's teaching us because he is comforting us. Tim Keller puts it this way, God sees us as we are, accepts us as we are, loves us as we are, and by grace saves us as we are, but doesn't leave us as we are. So God is working for our good. He comforts us, and in doing so, he is teaching us, shaping us to act in the same way towards others. If we can receive comfort, then we are learning how to give comfort. Now, I would not ask you to share life experiences if I wasn't willing to share them first. So after I go, I'm going to ask you to line up right here, and we'll get a microphone. I got a different reaction in the first service. You guys are ready. I might need a microphone. Let me share some of the things that shaped me. My mother fell deathly ill as we celebrated my 10th birthday and passed away the following morning. That had a profound impact on me regarding relationships in my early years. They were, to, they were seen by me as fragile and fleeting at best. I was told I was not smart enough to go into engineering, and I should instead consider heating and air and diesel mechanics. Those would be both great, but it's not what I wanted to do. So I developed an attitude of, I'll show you. Whenever I'm told I can't do it or it can't be done, my response is, I'll show you. To which promptly Linda tried to challenge me to do dishes. Didn't quite work out. I ended up with a 20-year career in engineering. It took me around the world working for top Fortune 500 companies in the process and product development. I've been hopelessly addicted to drugs and alcohol. I've lost a baby boy. I've been on the mountaintop when each of my daughters were born. Blessed and as happy as I've ever been in my life to meet and marry the love of my life, Linda. Second only to God. Giddy at my first kiss, crushed by my first rejection. All of these things have played a part in the development of my shortcomings, my strengths, my humor, my anger, my sense of right and wrong, my work ethic, my compassion or the lack thereof. All of these things since God spoke me into existence have shaped and honed me, right or wrong, into the very Viking-like person I am. You can take the test. It's freeshapetest.com. If you take the test, you know, I scored pretty low on empathy. I'm pretty sure you're shocked. Didn't say I didn't have any. It just said I had a little bit. 
Take the test, we'll talk. Compare notes. Your specific experiences are and will continue to shape you. And it's not all about God finding out how you are shaped because he knows. It's about you understanding how you have been blessed and shaped so that you can fully engage the way God needs you to. So that you, you can act in a way where he is lifted up and glorified in front of the world. Why do we go through trials? The Bible has a lot to tell us about that. I'm going to hit a few of these scriptures. They are Bible studies unto themselves. I challenge you to go off and do the study. I'm going to hit them for the purposes of today. In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 6, God says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. <laughs> oh, trial... Another trial is coming, more difficulty, <laughs> joy. We know it's hard. But God is saying, consider, <laughs> consider it pure joy. Why? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. So perseverance is a precursor to yet more. Right? That's what the Scripture is saying. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Spiritually mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. In Romans 5, 1 through 5, he tells us this, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom I have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast. What do we boast about? We boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perse perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So some of your life experiences are for testing your faith, that your faith would be strengthened, that you can persevere through this life because we know that this life is not just pure glide, smooth sailing. To help us mature spiritually in character and hope. These are the things that trials bring out and rise to the top for us. And when you go through a trial with God, then you are prepared to walk with another person through a trial and support them, and love them. So what does God want you to do? Isn't that the question? Pastor, how do I find out what God wants me to do? Hang on. It's going to be profound. You ask. You ask. 
You ask for the wisdom to discern what he's calling you to. You may need to be patient and understand that God will unfold his plan for you, and it may be a step at a time. And what could it look like? What could it look like? Let's look at a life from Scripture. It's the story of Joseph. Joseph is a young man of 17 at this moment, tending flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Silpah, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Do you get the picture? Yeah, Joseph's 17, he's got all these brothers, and he's out there, and they're doing something they shouldn't do, and he runs like, Dad, hey, like they're all, whatever. Billy's hitting me, right? They're eating the stuff they shouldn't eat. You've been there, right, parents? Let me, let me de- defer to the authorities in the room for a moment. Parents, you've been there, right? You've heard it. This is what starts him on a journey. Let's break down his life quickly in bullet points. His brothers are upset and irritated with him. Big surprise. Plotted to kill him. Ended up selling him to slave traders. Slave traders selling him to Potiphar in Egypt, who is part of the government in a sense there. And he finds favor with Potiphar and ends up running his household. Mrs. Potiphar is attracted to him physically, and when she tries to advance on him, he rejects her. She cries rape. Joseph ends up in prison. In prison, he again finds favor with the overseer of the prison and ends up helping to run the prison. He becomes known for his ability to have and interpret visions. In the meantime, Pharaoh's not sleeping well. Perhaps not enough melatonin. He's having these bad dreams. And he asks his advisors and mystics to explain the dreams, and they can't. And someone remembers Joseph's ability, and Pharaoh has him brought up from prison. Joseph is bold and rightly interprets the dreams. And Pharaoh likes him a bunch. So much so, he gives him a new name, a wife, money, and fame second only to Pharaoh. Because of his preparedness, Joseph is able to sustain Egypt, and Egypt is able to feed those around them as well. Not only can he save the Hebrews, but also his own family and set them up pretty nice. So what and how were his experiences shaping him? This is a fill-in if you're doing the notes. He overcame a prideful attitude and developed a sense of humility. His life was being shaped. He learned how to serve others. His faith was tested and deepened. His morality and purity were tested. He learned how to comfort others. He was prepared to lead his brothers to repentance. He learned to be patient. Experience began to taught him, and he learned that jealousy can cause suffering. He was positioned to save lives. God allowed him to experience the favor and blessings of God. 
and he learned firsthand of God's power. Maybe that's one way it looks. So why is it important? Why are experiences in the whole shape thing important? A couple of things about pain and sorrow. In sports, the inability to feel pain can ruin a career. If you play through the pain and you don't feel that, you can cause great harm to yourself and never play again. The concept of not feeling pain is counterintuitive. Many of us know pain. We've always experienced pain. If you haven't, you're not alive, so check. Pain is always purposeful. Pain is always purposeful. Pain can make you move, stay still, or seek healing. Now a couple of things about happiness. Happiness and joy can improve your heart health. That's what the studies have shown. Being happy and joyous can improve your heart health by 26%. Being joyful and happy gives us the ability to combat stress more effectively. It gives us a stronger immune system. And we are overall healthier in our lifestyle. And it leads to longevity. Increased longevity. Your journey in understanding what God is calling you to can be progressive and ongoing. Before I ever became a pastor, I became a believer. And as a believer, I was led to first sit under teaching of Scripture so I could learn and mature. And then I was led to lead a small group and began to care for people and teach and mostly listen. And I served on special teams and began to work in ministry areas. And since it seemed that God was calling me into pastoral ministry, I went back to school to learn and to help propel the kingdom of God and his message forward. Don't let anyone tell you that you are too young are too old to do anything for the kingdom of God because it's a lie. You are not too young and you are not too old, and that is the culture will put that on you. The culture will say you are too young and you are too old. You are past your prime, and the, the word of God says, no, that's not true. If I have called you, if God has called you, then you are ready, and you are ready to go because he has equipped you. Colonel Sanders started KFC at age 62, and in 12 years launched 600 outlets, franchise outlets. How many of you at 62 are ready to start that? God has already been shaping you, equipping you for his calling. Don't you buy into the lie. So if you're thinking, what does God want to do with me? There is work that God calls all of us to do, and it's laid out for us in the Bible. God makes it clear again and again that we are to love others, care for each other, and to live our lives in such a way that we point to the power of the gospel. 
as we contemplate what God's calling is for our lives, these scriptures are a great place to start. Let me take us through a few of these as we unpack this idea of what is God calling us to? In Proverbs 31, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. You can look at Isaiah 1.17 as well. See, we come week after week and we sing stuff we don't do. Right? This is my testimony from life, from death to life. If that's the reality, if you're singing that with your lips, did you believe that? Then who are you telling? Because that's the message. Mark 16, verse 15, he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The gospel, God's power unto salvation, means good news. But to understand the good news, you need to understand another word first. Sin. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 tells us, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them. Just as God has called them, this is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Where God has placed you, God has purposed you. See, too many people think they need a national platform to, to do any good. If God has made you the best computer tech in the world, that's the place he's calling you to. If you're the best administrator, that's the place he's called you to. And the list goes on and on. Where he has planted you, he has placed you for a purpose. 1 Peter 2, 9-10, through 10, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, grace is not a license to sin. It is a gateway to holiness. In 1 Peter 3, at verse 15, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. We too often, as the creation, begin to worship the creation instead of the Creator. Oh, I'd say, Church of Jesus Christ, be awakened. In 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful steward, stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, do not be conformed. In other words, do not let the world squeeze you into the form that they want for you. 
I'm always looking for an illustration, and I thought, man, if I could get some Play-Doh, and I could put some Play-Doh up here, and if you remember the Play-Doh, you put the thing in, you squeeze it out, and someone said, yeah, you could squeeze out some hair, Pastor Pete. Like, you could, you, and I thought, no, oh, if I make little clay people, it might look a little weird, so I wasn't going to do that, you know, right? and, but you get the idea, if you made it, even if you made an ugly-looking little clay person, you could grab it again, you could reform it and reshape it. God is doing that with us. Your shape, the spiritual gift you have been given, the way your heart yearns for him, how your experiences have formed you. You have been placed on this earth for a reason. God knew you before you were born. You are not random or a mistake. You are divinely formed by a sovereign God who made you. God told Jeremiah, I formed you, I knew you, I am sanctifying and ordaining you. To be sanctified is to be set apart. You were not meant to fit in. If you've ever felt like, I just don't fit in, I just don't seem to work, it's because you weren't made for that. God created you for a purpose. In Exodus 9, he says, God says, but I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Every part of creation has been created with a purpose. God does not create without purpose. So why would you think that he would create you without a purpose? See, we need to internalize Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because when I internalize that, there is nothing that I can't can accomplish. See, failure cannot keep me from moving forward. Rejection will not stop me. Addiction will not keep me enslaved. Heartbreak will not take me down. God says, I have made you. You are a royal priesthood, a called-out generation a special possession to God. You have been given every authority to lead, not be behind, to live in heaven, not in hell. You were called to be his people, to go forward, to move, to pick up the shield of faith, the sword of the truth, the spirit, the word of God. That's who we are. That's who you are. Purpose for God. And for those of you who already know what God is saying, that you've been around a long time. You need to come out of the behind the scenes. To not be passive anymore. To embrace God's calling in your life. How long do we want to live as victims is our choice because God has made you a conqueror. Be accountable for the gifts you have and been given. Don't waste them. It's not too late. You're not too young. You're not too old. His word does not say I can do all things through the tools that God has given me. It says through Christ, through Christ. It starts with confessing your sins, repenting of those sins, and falling in love with Jesus, acknowledging he is the Savior and King of your life, and following him forever. You are a called-out generation, a royal priesthood. Pick up the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and stand firm.
because the devil is coming to take and destroy what God has placed and purposed you for. And don't you let him. And don't you let him. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you have purposed your people, that you have given us the ability to go out and, and, and advance the kingdom of God, to share the gospel with people. That you would call us a special possession, that you would have equipped us to lead and not follow, that you have purposed us to live in heaven and not in hell, that we, your people, can change the world. Father, I pray that we would fan the ember of your spirit that lives in every human being into a flame. And through that flame that there would be a raging fire. Too many people are dying without knowing you and without ever understanding the great purpose you had in store for them. You've raised us up for just such a time as this. Let us not be asleep. Let us not be asleep. Oh God, let us awaken to be your people. And I pray that over us today. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're leaving today, Ryan said there's some merchandise out there. I'm going to get a beanie to cover this right here. Stop by and check them out. I pray you have a great week. We love you and see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure you subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected to all things the Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend because changed lives change lives.